Good evening, everybody. My name is Manny Lieris. I come from the Navajo and Comanche tribes, and tonight I'll be serving as our Master of Ceremonies uh, throughout tonight's recognition. It is an honor tonight for me to do this land acknowledgement. I think, or I also thank our relatives here in the ancestral land of the Ramachish for giving me the blessing um, to do this land acknowledgement for you all this evening. We acknowledge that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatush Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of San Francisco of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatush American Indian community have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten the responsibilities as the caretakers of this place as well as all people who reside in Ohlone traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homelands. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors and relatives of the Ramatish people and thank them for allowing us to be in their territory this evening. At this time, I'm going to turn the microphone over to our distinguished elder and prayer man this evening, Mr. Tom Phillips. I don't think there's a... Is there a wired microphone or a wireless microphone that we can use? Here it comes, Tom. Right on cue. Thank you, Manny. Greetings to all of you good people here in San Francisco, especially our indigenous, the first people here. Want to take time out to offer a prayer for all of us. Could you stand with me? I'm not able to stand, but I'm asking you to stand for me. As we offer among our native people, the first thing we do before any ceremony, before any gathering, before anything happens, we begin with prayer. At this time, I'm very honored. I'm from the Kiowa Muscogee Creek tribes from Oklahoma, relocated here in San Francisco in 1962, and did most of my work here in the community, part of this community, and I appreciate this opportunity to offer our prayer tonight. So bear with me. Uncle Pegadok, Igados, I call my creator God, I call upon you at this time. By Bonita, so long by the Hagadah. You know everything before we speak at Creator. You know what's on our minds and in our hearts as we offer our prayers for this gathering, for all those that will have a part. We ask your Creator to be with us. Give us guidance. Give us a good mind to bring things together in a good way to honor those individuals who have accomplished what you selected them to do. We know that they would not have been able to achieve what they have done without you, Creator. You've been there. You've lifted them up in times of, of hardships. You lifted them up in times of need. You lifted them up and gave them what they needed to provide the results that we're all proud of. We thank you for our legislators. We thank you for our, our representatives of this city that are with us tonight. We thank you for our indigenous relatives, for all the good people that are here to participate. 
We're going to ask you to take care of this event for us. Give us a good mind to listen, to feel the, the need for continuation of these efforts that have been put forward to us. Creator, we want to also not forget the terrible atrocities of the killings of our children overseas. Creator, may the peace exist. May there be peace among all people. We ask your Creator to be with us tonight in all that will be a part of this gathering. We thank you for this opportunity to lift up our people in recognition of indigenous accomplishments. We thank you for this evening and all that is a part, and we ask you to be with us. I ask all these things. Amen. Thank you. May be seated. Thank you very much. Actually, please uh, stay on your feet. At this point in time, we're going to go into our grand entry. We're going to be going over to the Southern Express singers for our grand entry song. As we bring in our Eagle staff, our first staff of these nations that we celebrate this evening. So without further ado, Southern Express, when you're ready. This evening we have airmen, indigenous airmen of Travis Air Base, Air Force Base, Base, bringing in our Eagle staff, our Eagle fan, as well as the colors of this nation. We have several different tribal flags, tribal nation flags, as well as the Great Seal of California. Following them, we have our traditional powwow dancers. Men's fancy dancers, fancy shawl, jingle dress, a few more traditional dancers, some grass dancers representing the vibrant dances that you'll see throughout Indian country at our powwows and dances and festivals. Again, please stay standing as we go on over to the All Nation Singers for an appropriate flag and victory song.
This song here, ladies and gentlemen, celebrates our victory. As read in the land acknowledgement this evening, our tribal territories were never ceded or given away. We fought valiantly to protect what has always been ours, our right to live, our right to survive, our right to thrive in our traditional homelands. And this song celebrates that. Our resilience is our victory. Our existence. Our languages. At this time, we'll be posting our colors, our tribal flags, our eagle staff. All right, San Francisco, put your hands together for our intertribal powwow dancers and our flag carriers. At this time, it is my great honor and privilege. Dancers, exit, stage left. Go ahead and be seated now. There's only one individual who's gonna need to remain standing because we're gonna need her front and center very soon. So folks, is, uh, without further ado, it's an honor to bring up my good friend and colleague, Ms. April McGill, the Executive Director of the American Indian Cultural Center of San Francisco. I have to bring it down, not that tall. 
Oh, Yahweh. Good evening, everyone. Happy American Indian Heritage Month. <laughs> it is such an honor for the American Indian Cultural Center to host the annual Heritage Month celebration in the People's House. We are very grateful for this partnership with the mayor's office to bring us all together to honor our local heroes. Tonight, we will honor four of our local heroes who have committed so much of their time and energy for the betterment of the Indian community here in the Bay Area. The American Indian Cultural Center is in a really exciting place right now as we continue to bring visibility to the American Indian community through our programs and events. It was in, two, it was in 2015 that a bunch of us community members set out to get some seed money from the Arts Commission of $50,000 to start and create programming advocacy for the American Indian Cultural Center that was once called the Indian Center. It is with that seed money that granted us to be a virtual cultural center, and now we have the financial stability to have a cultural space on Mission Street. We are so grateful for the support of Mayor London Breed to give us this funding to finish out the construction of our new art space. It was three years ago that the Cultural Center advocated for our very first and only American Indian Cultural District here in San Francisco. We take the mentorship from our late auntie, Helen Wakazu, an elder teacher, to never let them tell us no. <laughs> it's her teaching to be persistent and put all our faith in Creator to guide us. I'm happy to announce that ASCC is growing and we've been able to um, have our dance class every week here in San Francisco. And we've been able to uh, provide power dance class every Thursday with an attendance of 30 to 80 people each week. So it's been pretty awesome. I also want to shout out to the American Indian Cultural Center staff, Sarah Benali, Araceli Pontier, Andrew Sorrell, Michael Klinker, and Ariana Sandowski. Can I see the AICC staff wave? Give up, give an applause for them. It's without them, I would be able to be able to plan this event with all their hard work. I just want to say thank you to our singers and our dancers for blessing the event tonight and to our native veterans who carried in those flags. We appreciate your service here in Indian Country. I also want to thank Assemblyman James Ramos for accepting our invitation to share all the work that he's doing for Indian Country here in California. Thank you so much for coming. We will be hearing from Asselman Ramos later and to share in all the great work that he's doing. So I also want to thank Friendship House staff and the clients for always volunteering their time to make this event a success. All of our partners, Native American Health Center, Indian Education Program, Indigenous Justice, American Indian Cultural District, thank you all. AICC appreciates all of your support as we continue to advocate for a cultural center building in San Francisco. But with that, I want to honor and introduce our partner and friend, Mayor London Breed, to the podium. Thank you.
Good evening, everybody. You know, I love celebrations like this because they do bring so much joy to City Hall. And I want to thank you all so much for the invitation to be here today. I know we do this as a collaboration, but I appreciate the community and all the hard work that goes into coordinating this event, as well as selecting the people who are going to be honored tonight. So I want to express my congratulations to each and every one of you. And I want to thank some of our leaders who are joining us here today, including Supervisor Raphael Mandelman, our Director of the Department of Public Health, Grant Colfax, Supervisor Matt Dorsey, our Sheriff, Paul Miyamoto, and our Fire Chief, Janine Nicholson. Thank you all so much for joining us here today. Now, some of you might know that I used to be in a very similar position like April, running a cultural center in San Francisco. And let me tell you, it is not easy. And it is especially not easy when you have a very limited budget and you're trying to run programming, you're trying to rent out space, and you're trying to make things really special for the community. And the fact that April has really taken up the mantle and push the envelope to get additional resources from the city, but to think about the future and what is necessary to ensure that there is a physical home for the American India Cultural Center is something that I am so excited to be continuing to partner with her on the work that she's trying to do to make that home a reality. It is going to be a lot of work, as I know many of you know, and I'm looking forward to the Village SF and what that will mean for the cultural district as well as Friendship House and, and all the great activities, events, housing. I, I heard recently that a grant was awarded for the rooftop garden and what that will mean. And we have been doing everything we can to make sure that our city process does not get in the way of real progress to make this building a reality for the community. So we have lots of work to do. But I'm really confident in events like today where the community continues to come together, where this community continues to make it clear that they are resilient and prepared to take on these various fights and issues. And for those being honored today, you are always on the front line to ensure the success of the community as a whole. It is really why the work that we have been doing in the city to make sure resources are allocated when this community organizes is so important. This past budget, we've been able to allocate $5 million that support health and wellness, cultural activities, and other things, not what the city is suggesting that we want, but what the community is saying to us what they want. And I want to appreciate the working relationship that we've been able to develop over the years. So on behalf of the city and county of San Francisco, April, I want to ask you to come forward because tonight, we're lighting the building up. <laughs> Didn't you tell us the colors? Did you make the colors? No. Did you? Who told us the colors? Green and yellow? Green and yellow? Okay. okay. Thank you, Mandy. <laughs> so tonight, in honor of American Indian Heritage Month in the city and county of San Francisco, not only are we going to light City Hall up in green and yellow, but we, in a proclamation, are going to officially declare it American Indian Cultural Center Day in the city and county of San Francisco. Thank you all so much.
Well, that was really cool, everybody. I don't know if you all heard that. They said a proclamation to make November 1st the American Indian Cultural Center Day in the city of San Francisco. At this point in time, I'm going to go ahead and read off uh, short bios and ask the honorees to go ahead and come up uh, as I read their names. Our first honoree this evening is Eloy Martinez. Eloy Martinez is a Southern Ute. He is a retired contractor in the flooring business, originally from the Four Corners area on the Colorado side. He grew up in a mining camp in Wellsburg, Colorado, and came to California in 1966 to get involved with the farm workers. He then transitioned to the Alcatraz movement during a couple of protests when he met Richard Oakes, who recruited Eloy, and he has been coming back for the last 50 years. While Eloy doesn't live on the island, or didn't live on the island, and very often, or while Eloy didn't live on the island, very often his wife and son were on Alcatraz more frequently. During the occupation, he was a gopher, he was a gopher picking up supplies and giving people rides back and forth from the mainland to Alcatraz. Mr. Eloy Martinez. Our next honoree, Lakota Hardin. Lakota Hardin of the Minikanju and Yankton Lakota and Ho-Chunk is an orator, activist, community organizer, workshop facilitator, radio host, and poet. She has dedicated her life as a daughter of seven generations of Lakota leaders to liberation and justice. Hardin's activism over the years has included working with the International Indian Treaty Council, women of all red nations, and in the Black Hills Alliance. She has, a, she has collaborated with the Oakland-based Todos Alliance Building Institute and the Oakland Men's Project, and conducts trainings nationwide for adults who work with youth across lines of gender, race, and age to stop violence. As a part of these projects, Hardin conducts workshops on unlearning racism, sexism, and other social oppressions. Taking this step further, Hardin specializes in decolonization workshops for indigenous peoples, addressing the impact of genocidal policies in our homes and communities. Lakota Hardin. Our next honoree is Crystal Wapipa. 
Krista Wapipa is an enrolled member of the Kickapoo Nation of Oklahoma. She was born and raised in Oakland, California on Ohlone land, surrounded by a multi-tribal, tight-knit, urban native community. Crystal's objectives for Wapipa's kitchen are threefold. One, to acknowledge that we live on stolen land. And two, how that acknowledgement connects to the reclamation of native foodways and food sovereignty as well as three, to educate communities and organizations on the health benefits of native foods, on native foodways using their knowledge passed on to her by her relatives. So without further ado, Crystal Wapipa. There is another honoree if you have a program, and we're waiting for him to arrive, so we're gonna hold off on that one. So please, San Francisco, put your hands together again for Lakota Hardin, Eloy Martinez, and Crystal Wapipa, three of your honorees this evening. At this point in time in the schedule, it's my great honor. I had a good uh, chance to catch up and talk to Assemblymember James Ramos earlier about all the work that he's doing and all the, the folks that share with me his work, including himself at different places I spot him. I told him he looks a little different this evening. He was sporting a mustache for quite some time and really was incognito all throughout his Southern California break while he was back home. Uh, but Assemblymember James Ramos, a lifelong resident of the San Manuel Indian Reservation and member of the Serrano Cahuilla Tribe, became the first California Native American state lawmaker in 2018. He currently represents the 45th District, which includes the cities of Fontana, Highland, Mentone, Redlands, Rialto, and San Bernardino. Prior to being elected to the State Assembly, he served on the San Bernardino County Board of Supervisors and as a trustee on the San Bernardino Community College District Board of Trustees. Mr. James Ramos. Thank you um, so much. Before we got started, uh, I asked uh, um, the gentleman that was doing the prayer if I could uh, share some of our traditional songs from our area, Kuiya bird songs that were taught to me by Robert Levi, and the permission was granted, so I'll share some of those songs with you, if that's all right. And then we'll get into um, the speaking component of it. So these songs are traditional songs from our area, Southern California. Kawea bird songs, and we sing them with um, gourd rattles in our area. 
couple of the songs that I'll sing for you today, one talks about the earth, and that's the one, Themo, Themo, you'll hear about it. And a lot of the issues, a lot of things that still face our people um, start coming from the earth as far as making sure the repatriation of remains continue to go back to the rightful people here in the, the United States and in the state of California. We're going to sing another song for you. This one's about a lizard, and it talks about the lizard, how the lizard in the desert um, winds up, and it goes, and then it takes off, and you'll hear that in there, in that song itself. These songs are Kuia verse taught to us by Mr. Robert Levi, who's desert Kuia. Payo payo hon tayo tayo um payo payo hon tayo tayo um penaheya e penaheya e ha payo payo hon tayo tayo payo payo hon tayo tayo um penaheya e penaheya e ha payo payo hon tayo tayo Payo payo hon tayo tayo on penaya e penaya e hai kayo yo hai kayo yo e kayo yo hai kayo yo hai yo hawi hawi hai yo hawi hawi on penaya e penaya. Payo payo hon tayo tayo hon payo payo hon tayo tayo hon penaya e penaya e ayek 
Thank you, that's it. No, I'm just kidding. It, it really is an honor um, to be here, just to say a few words and share some of our songs from our area, especially on November 1st, um, kicking off um, National Native American Heritage Month. So I just want to thank you and, and really want to thank the um, American Indian Cultural Center of San Francisco. Uh, and April McGill, and for all your hard work, and, and your hard work, and your staff's hard work for making this work. I met April uh, McGill when we were talking about correcting a name of a law school that's pretty close to these proximities um, for the atrocities that was impacted upon the Yuki Indian people here in the state of California. We felt that bearing the name um, that it formerly had was wrong because that individual paid for militias to go out and kill Indian people, specifically the Yuki Indian people. And that bill that we moved forward, we worked hard together on it with the Yuki people and the Yuki resistance that's out there. And now that school is no longer bears the name of that individual. It's now called the College of the Law San Francisco. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But I met April there that ultimately brought me here today to uh, be here to speak a little bit. A little bit more about myself. I grew up and I still reside on the San Manuel Indian Reservation. I grew up when it was deep poverty. And what struck me by tackling that for the Yuki Indian people is because our people, because I'm Serrano and Cahuilla, our people, a militia was formed in 1866 in the San Bernardino Valley with the sole purpose of going into the San Bernardino Mountains to rid the mountains of Indian people. And it wasn't peacefully, it, there was shooting and killing. Our clan dwindled down to less than 30 members. We were almost wiped off this earth. And so we have to be able to come out as Indian people to talk to these areas and run for political office. Political offices um, throughout the state of California and the nation to ensure that the Native American voice is heard at all areas and discussions, not only in the state of California, but across this nation. We continue to work um, there, and I still reside on the reservation. I grew and I got in tribal politics, became tribal chairman, and then um, ran for the um, Community College Board of Trustees 2005, being the first um, in San Bernardino County to transition from a tribal government to um, the community as a whole, and then ultimately sat on the County Board of Supervisors for San Bernardino County, where I was a chair of the board for some time and then now um, in the state legislature. And it's important to talk about the issues that are you know, coming forward and partnerships that we've um, formed along the way. And right there, side by side with me on this bill, um, with um, changing the name and other bills drastically affecting Native American people and our women, is Assemblymember Ting. So I want to give him a round of applause there. California is home to more 
Native American people than any other state in the nation. And here in the Bay Area, there's over 25,000 that we know of that call themselves Native American here in this area. That means that the culture is very much rich, the culture that you've seen here today. But we also know that there still is a lot of work to do in the state of California. We push pieces of legislation, legislation that starts to correct the history of the state of California. When the Spanish missionaries came through in California, it wasn't all rosy like some history books talk about. There was indentured slavery, there was genocide that took place, there was these things that moved forward here in the state of California and drastically affected California's first people and Native American people. AB 338 was signed into law that replaces the Junipero Serra statue on the Capitol grounds in Sacramento and on November 7th will be the first, first on the Capitol grounds of a statue, a monument to the Miwok Nisanan people of Sacramento area that will go up to be a monument statue representing all, all Indian people here in the state of California and that will happen November 7th. That's a way that we start to move forward to start to correct the history in the state of California. The history, the land acknowledgement that was taken here, the Ohlone people, that history needs to be rich within the school system. We move forward on a bill, AB 1703, that brings together the educational arena and the tribal communities to start to work together to form American Indian Task Force to create the curriculum from the area where those tribes are represented in those school districts. AB 1703 is a bill that was signed into law that now calls on the educational arena to start to portray factual, factual history on California Indian people and Native American people throughout the United States. It's time that that voice gets heard. No longer should it be a paternal approach telling us about our culture. It should be us telling the other people about what our culture is and what it means to us. Currently, California is number five of all states in the nation of unsolved and unresolved missing and murdered Native American people here in the state of California. We've worked closely with local law enforcement in our area and across the State Sheriff's Association to start to bring light to this issue. This issue of missing and murdered indigenous women, indigenous person, is something that has plagued the Indian community for generations. It's nothing new. When I grew up on the Samoa Reservation, and still to this day, people would go missing and we're expected to just bottle it up and keep it inside. But no longer are we to be able to keep it up inside because now we need to make sure that we're building allies along the way and having somebody in the state legislature where representation truly does matter. We moved forward on a bill, AB 1314, that for the first time in the state's history is a feather alert geared towards Native American people when they go missing in the state of California, giving law enforcement a tool to make sure we're bringing our loved ones home before they become a statistic. And because of the missing and murdered indigenous women, it goes back in time and the mentality towards Native American women. Here in the state of California, during the, the Russian exploration, the Spanish rule, ultimately the Mexican rule, then the United States, and then the state of California. Each one of those rules was deplorable to the Indian people in this area. 
Even so, that mentality still carries forward today. We're a word that's derogatory towards Native American women. We call it the S word because we don't want to repeat it. But it's been deemed by the federal government, the Secretary of Interior, as a racist term. Here in the state of California, we had to run a bill, a bill in 2022, that, and it actually was AB 2022, that for once and for all got rid of that name in the state of California. No longer will that name bear its place here, bringing honor to our women. There's a lot of work still to be done. But we can't do it alone. We need representation. Representation truly does matter in the halls in Sacramento. It truly does matter here in the local community. It truly matters wherever you're at. Let your voice be heard because representation truly does matter. When we got to the state legislature, it was surprising that we were the only California Indian ever elected in the state's history. And that was in 2018. And some clapped and said that's a great achievement. But we have to ask ourselves, why did it take so long? And who's coming next? Who's coming next to carry on that voice moving forward? Just recently, at the end of session, we had a gut and amend a bill because an audit was done on the Cal State University system. Where it identified they still have over 700,000 Native American remains that have not been repatriated back to tribes in California and tribes across the nation. It's time that our voices be heard, that we'll no longer tolerate people holding, holding the skulls of our relatives in classrooms, saying that it's good to be back amongst old friends. That is no longer tolerable in the state of California. My bill moved forward and it was signed into law, holding Cal State Universities accountable to get our ancestors back into the grounds where they need to be. Representation truly does matter. And the resiliency of our people is why we're here today. The resiliency of our people to stand here, to make sure that that voice is being heard. A lot of the roads that we travel were once traveled Indian trails here in the state of California. The resiliency and contributions of Native American people to the state of California and the nation is something that runs through each and every one of our bloods. The resiliency of our people is why we're here today, dedicating this month to National Native American Heritage Month in honor of our ancestors and elders. Thank you so much. That was good. I don't know about you, but I've been listening to different messages all throughout this evening. I heard London Breed say she's went from a uh, an executive director at a cultural center to then mayor. So if we're in the in those same uh, shadows and footsteps, we'll be electing April McGill uh, sometime in the near future. Where again, our representation absolutely matters. At this time, we're going to invite out the dancers from Round Valley, the Yuki dancers. So if the Yuki dancers can come on out.
All right, so the Yuki dancers are on their way. They're coming down a long corridor, a long hallway. All right, we're going to move some stuff around in, uh, just a little bit. And we're going to invite our honorees back up to the stage. So Lakota, Eloy, and Crystal, if you want to come back up to the stage, to the podium, we're going to allow you some time uh, now to uh, address the audience here for your recognition and honoring while we prepare for our Round Valley Yuki dancers to come on out. So taking the microphone first is Lakota Hardin. As always, every day when we wake up, the first thing we think is, thank you, Creator, for another day. And tonight, I was, last night, I was looking at the moon, how beautiful she is, and this time that we're in, when our ancestors are closest to us, and all around the world, they celebrate this time with ceremony and offerings. And um, like our culture, many of the things that are sacred to us, that have meaning, that have incredible connection to everything that's alive, to the water, to the air, to all of these things, is sacred and powerful, and it's been diminutized to something like Halloween, you know? But so much, and the reason we're here, we survived genocide. We survived the most amazing thinking to destroy and get rid of us for the resources of our land, and we're still here. So we got something going on as indigenous people. We have that connection. And when I was, I remember in 2016 when we were doing Idle No More, many people in this room were a part of that, saying no more, we're not taking it. We, you need to know that we're here. I, I um, tore my meniscus, I'm, I'm older now. And of course, the doctors say, oh, knee replacement, all this stuff. And instead, I turn to the oxygen. And I always have my water bottle, because for me, living in the 21st century, my relationship to this water that is sacred, my relationship to that oxygen that I breathe in and ask for help, I'm walking around without any surgeries, because I trust that relationship. And for us as indigenous people, we have that knowledge. We have that relationship. So I'm really glad that you're here tonight because that's what you need to know. The way that the history of this world has gone and now we're destroying so much of it, we need to protect and take care of our grandmother earth. And we need to heal ourselves. We need to help each other heal through these songs. It's not just a, a, a nice song to listen to. It has meaning, deep vocables, words that have been sang to court, this earth, these trees, this oxygen, all of it. There's a reason why we do everything. So thank you for all the work that you have done all these years, because you're right. I come from a long line of resistors. And when I was seven in boarding school, going through the worst abuse a child could go through, my great-great-grandmother could check me out on weekends. She was 97. And she was alive before the invasion, and she told me about this amazing place where everybody had a place, everybody had a purpose, everybody had a reason to be here, and everybody was loved and cared for. 
and we can have that again. And I'm grateful to April McGill and Manny Lieris and Eloy and all of our community that make sure that we do that on a daily basis here in the Bay Area, which attracts native tribes and nations from all over the world, not just our indigenous people, but all over the world. It's a sacred place. And I thank you so much for this honor tonight. Thank everybody for being here tonight. Uh, I've started back with Richard Oakes in 1968, and uh, I became the director of Intertribal Friendship House in Oakland in 2000 and helped rebuild the Indian Center there with the help of a lot of people, my partner Bonnie Bone, Alex Grotti, uh, just a lot of people in the audience that were there from the beginning. Juan and Elijah Oaks, we got together and actually asked Annie Oaks for permission to do something about Richard Oaks' legacy. And the, not only Richard Oaks, but Le Richard Oaks' legacy and all the veterans that were on Alcatraz. So we started lobbying the National Park System to, to put back the signs had been erased during the movie days, had been whitewashed, trying to pretty much forget the history that happened. So during that course, we were successful. We did the water tower first. It was Elijah, Fawn, myself, uh, uh, J.R. Lewa, and a couple other people. Excuse me for not remembering all the names, but there was quite a few people that started, and that was the beginning of making sure that all the veterans were remembered. We brought back the veterans for, first we started with the children doing overnights on the island so they could get a feel of what it was like when we were there. And then we started doing reunions and those led to other things. And we finally, in 2019, got the first Indian of all tribes day on Alcatraz. And I'm just really proud to have been associated with all the honorees here and all the people in the audience and most of the Indian community in the area. But especially, I'm really thankful for Fawn and Elijah and Oaks family because they finally got some justice. I'm sure you've all read the Chronicle story. So I think Annie got some peace. Thank you. I just want to say, um, in our language, in the Kickapoo language, it's called a yekapeño, which means thank you. And I want to express my thank you to our community, express my thank you to my grandmother and ancestors. Um, I'm very humble um, receiving awards like this because it's just not about. Chef Crystal Wapipaw, it's about what we're representing. I had the honor to represent all throughout the nation where a native chef has never gone before, and I take that very seriously 
but then I also take it very humbly and knowing that I have this certain job and that's for our future generation. I never thought I would cater to the White House. I never thought I would cater to the James Beard Awards, but this Kickapoo girl from East Oakland has. <laughs> and I say those things in a humble way for our future generation. If I can do it, you can too, but it takes a community. I didn't get there by myself, it took a community. And I think it's, this is a huge honor. My very first catering job came for Martin Wakazu because he believed in me and he trusted me with 400 people and I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> but from that day on forward until now, having the first native restaurant in Oakland, what we do there is native foodways. Three of my daughters are California native. They work in the restaurant. And so I just want to say to the youth, especially the youth, it's hard times right now, but if we continue to hang around in our community and continue to do community work and continue to listen to community members, all things are impossible. Thank you. Stay up here. We're going to bring up our, our fourth honoree this evening. Was just a reference to his name is Martin Wakazu. Martin Wakazu of the Rosebud Sioux Tribe is the CEO of the Native American Health Center since 1982, who has boldly addressed health disparities and loss of culture for American Indians in the San Francisco Bay Area. He has provided leadership in building and sustaining successful medical, dental, and behavioral health programs that integrate state-of-the-art professional care with cultural values, traditions, and services. Raised in Rapid City, South Dakota, Martin was a high school All-American basketball player and earned a scholarship to attend Black Hill State University. He graduated in 1973 and relocated to the San Francisco Bay Area. An enrolled member of the Rosebud Sioux Tribe, Wakazu has raised a family of, or, excuse me, Wakazu was raised in a family of activists. So without further ado, Martin Wakazu. Give these leaders a round of applause. <laughs> Leadership takes courage, sacrifice, and perseverance, and they all represent those values. I watched Lakota over the many years and what she has done for community, giving back to community, making them stronger, getting them connected spiritually in our traditional ways. Crystal. 
I talked to her and I said, go for it. Go for it. If you go for it, you're already successful. And look at what she's done. I said, I watch her on TV now. <laughs> and this young man been leading our community for many years. Leadership is part of the Lakota way of life. Today is my last day as the Native American Health Center, retiring after 41 years, but I'm not retiring from community. I'm a recovering alcoholic. In the 70s, I was homeless on the streets of San Francisco and Oakland. March 12, 1981, 9.30 a.m., I made a decision. I made a decision to follow the traditional, our ancestors' ways. And I checked into the Salvation Army to detox. Two days later, jumped on BART, came to the Friendship House. Retiring today from after 41 years, I made the circle. In a circle, no one's better than anybody else. It's all connected. We're all relatives. San Francisco can be proud of its American Indian community. They are strong, they are dedicated, they are committed. I'm honored to be a part of that community. But we, my message to everyone is we need to take care of the weakest of our families, of our communities. Stay in prayer, stay strong. Relocation and boarding school, relocation efforts and policies and the boarding school policies did not wash the Indian out of us. We're stronger than ever. Just two weeks ago, I was up at a ceremony for a young women. My great, my granddaughter participated in that ceremony. Last week, I was honored to observe young men's ceremonies. So the next generation will carry on. I'm 41, after 41 years, I hope I did a little good for the community. But I'm also thankful for those that helped and I was surrounded by. They were the real leaders. Thank you so much for this honor and this recognition. This gifts are from AICC.
We just want to say thank you. We gave our honorees an abalone necklace with an award and our sisters a shawl and our uncles and grandpas a vest. So we just want to say thank you in an Indian way. That's what we do. We give out gifts and we honor them with those precious gifts. So we just want to say thank you, a big O for these honorees. And now we're going to have an honor song. So one more time, San Francisco, put your hands together for Martin Wakazu, Eloy Martinez, Crystal Wapipa, and Lakota Hardin. At this time, we're going to go ahead and call out the Yuki dancers of Round Valley. Come on out.
Uh, yeah, I think you all take this podium up here, singers. What a great honor to see our Native people get honored in this kind of place here. It was a long time coming, and it's a, it's a real honor to be able to be here and witness that, to see our Native people that work so hard in their different um, jobs and the skills that they've known, and mainly to be able to hang on to their cultural and their traditional identity that's so important. And I just want to say, once again, we're from Round Valley, Assemblyman Ramos. I Yuki Resistance. <laughs> he had helped us to be able to battle against the Hastings College to get the name changed. So we learned, and not only that, we actually have our tribal council that recognizes in over years and years of recognizing my people, the Yuki people, as the ancestral people of Round Valley. So we want to say when we pray, we burn medicine, we sing, we dance, that's where we get our answers. So Okay, we're gonna be singing what we call the Bigfoot song. This is my great nephew, my daughter, my niece, my granddaughter, my other granddaughter, my other granddaughter, my niece, and my uh, great, great, great nephew. <laughs> it's good to have a good big family. Oh.
Once again, I want to say one more. April's saying one more. She's feeling it. <laughs> That's what we like to hear. See, feel. Once again, it's a great honor to be able to be here another year, to be with our Native sisters, nieces, in all these ways, in our ancestor ways, and so grateful for my niece, April. You know, I keep her in my prayers all the time. She does so much for the people in general, no matter what race they come from, no matter what. She's always out there battling for the rights of the people. And I want to say our prayers, and we bring that medicine to her to keep her strong. Let's remember that. Let's keep our young women strong. Let's think about them, those that are carrying on this torch and this battle, to hire their education to move forward. Just remember that. Hang, remember, remember these young people that are out there that are struggling to make a better life for our next generations to come. Hope. All right, San Francisco, one more time for our Yuki singers. Again, folks, I've been listening as folks were talking and I heard Crystal say, yeah, it takes a community, it takes a community. And I will tell you, I volunteered several hours taste testing all the food that you can eat at Wapipa's Kitchen. And I endorse everything on the menu. So go over and shop, grab some delicious food. At this point in time, we're gonna go into our intertribal dancing. Our first category will be our traditional women of the Southern Plains. Amongst the great state of Oklahoma, you'll see this dance, commonly danced with the, the women in, the, in that area. And we're gonna be going on over to Southern Express for an appropriate song for this style of dance.
Uh, let's put our hands together for our Southern Plains style traditional dancers. Our next style is gonna be our jingle dress dancers. Now, if you heard when we were, there was another group up here giving a presentation and there was a lot of shh, shh, shh sound uh, coming in through the doors. And that's this beautiful dance here, this beautiful dress that you see here this evening. It's called the jingle dress and this dress has a beautiful story. It hails and comes from the Great Lakes area with the Ojibwe people. And they say there was a time when there was a young girl who was really ill and her grandfather had a dream that if he constructed a dress similar to these dresses that you see this evening, that his granddaughter's health would be restored and balance would be restored within their community. And this dance has now spread throughout Indian country. It's a very common dance amongst our young women. And so we're gonna be going on over to All Nation Singers for an appropriate jingle dress dance song. Let's give our jingle dancer, dress dancers another big round of applause. You see, this is an intergenerational dance and event this evening. We see this little beautiful baby out there dancing her style. Our next set of dancers are our young men's grass dancers. This dance says it has origins with the Omaha people. And we're gonna be going on over to the Southern Express singers for an appropriate style song for these dancers. They say these dancers would go out and clear the powwow grounds and make sure that those ceremonial grounds were safe from any threats, whether it be uh, natural or enemy. And so these dancers exemplify that bravery and that spirit to, co to connect and keep safe our community. Southern Express, when you're ready.
All right, let's put our hands together for our young men, our grass dancers. Two in which I believe are San Francisco residents. Thank you very much. All right, now our next set of dancers are our fancy shawl dancers. This is one of the more, um, one of the, one of the newest dances that you'll find within our powwows. They say this dance was created in the late 1950s. A lot of things were, were changing across this nation. They say one of our women who danced the traditional style decided to take her shawl over her arm and drape it over her back and emulate and mimic the moves that a lot of our, our men's fancy dancers were doing at that time, showing off her stamina, speed, agility, strength. And so we're gonna be going on over to the All Nation Singers for an appropriate fancy shawl song. The Fast and Furious. Bitcha! Let's put our hands together for our fancy shawl dancers. Our next category of dancer, we have our men's northern style traditional dancers. We're going to be going back over to the All Nation singers again. Our powwow arena is kind of split between the northern and southern plains, and so we want to make sure that our dancers that represent those styles make sure that we have the two different styles of singing drums here this evening. So we're gonna be going back over to the All Nation Singers for an appropriate Northern traditional men's style song. Dancing in front of you, ladies and gentlemen, is Mr. Randy Shirley, a veteran, a member of the Navajo Nation, a longtime employee of the Friendship House Association of American Indians, a longtime, lifetime resident of the beautiful city of San Francisco, Mr. Randy Shirley. Hucha! Put your hands together one more time for our men's traditional dancers. I knew he was here. I was just wondering where he is out there. He's going to come swinging from the second floor. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our 
men's style fancy dance. Earlier I told you the story about the women's style fancy dance, and this is what they were watching. Our men's style fancy war dancers, they call these fancy war dancers or fancy bustle dancers. Uh, very um, prominent and noticeable by the double bustles they have along the upper and lower part of their back. And we're going to be going on over to Southern Express for an appropriate fancy dance song this evening. Hutcha! Hacha, together for our men's fancy bustle dancer. Well, folks, it's come to that time of the evening where we are going to uh, wrap up this evening's celebration. Uh, it says on here that I'm supposed to offer a closing prayer, and I would be uh, remiss to do that without asking for the permission of the elders in this space. Um, oftentimes, I was just talking to a young man, he's standing over here somewhere, his name is Andrew Vargas. And he's an, alum an alumni of one of the programs that I facilitate, oh, he's in the back now, he's like a shapeshifter. Just kidding, hopefully not. But we were talking as I was making my way across the street, and he was introducing me to some of the young kids that now he works with as an employee of the San Francisco Unified School District Title VI program. And he said, hey, Manny here, helped me when I was a kid in, in, in school navigating the systems. That's how long I've known this guy. And the kids look at me and say, no way, man, how old are you? I said, I'm 45. And so even my children, my own kids, I have a 10-year-old and, and an 8-year-old, and they say, Dad, you're a yelder, a young elder. And I say, no, no, I'm not going to take that title unless the community gives it to me. Um, and in all the different roles and capacities that I play, as a, as a person to offer prayer sometimes is, um, again, I feel sometimes out of place. Uh, but for all intents and purposes this evening, we'll go ahead and do so. So we're going to ask you all to please rise at this time as we conclude our session. And as, as Mr. Tom Phillips shared before every ceremony and at the, at the conclusion, we offer prayers and thanks for our existence, for the beautiful time that we shared here this evening. And we know that although this event is held year after year after year, there will never ever be one that can duplicate the energy that was held here this evening. And so we want to say thank you to you all. We say, Creator, thank you for the people who love us unconditionally, without fear and without judgment, for all those things that you give to us each day that sometimes we take for granted, our abilities to see, our abilities to breathe, our abilities to feel, our abilities to walk, our abilities to smile. 
We know that loss is something real within our communities and we thrive to live in a space where we celebrate our existence, that we, we, we thrive in a happy space, knowing who we are, knowing that we have every right to be here and that we are enough to contribute to this beautiful fabric of this city and of this state and of the now United States. I pray that we, as we go home, we travel safely to our houses and that somehow, some way, they might be a little cleaner or might feel a little better as we enter those spaces. That those people that we talked about that have gone on, those ancestors, they embrace us, not only this evening, but every existing day that we walk on this beautiful Mother Earth. We ask all of that of you and anything that these people here this evening hold in their hearts, we ask you, Creator, to answer their prayers as well. And that way, we go our separate ways and say, Good evening, everybody. Thank you again for being here. I think now there's uh, some type of light refreshments and stuff like that. So you're going to make your way into the light or north light court. Um, your right, my left, and we'll see you there. Thank you.